0: Welcome to Repros Fight Back, a podcast where we explore all things reproductive health rights and justice. I'm your host, Jenny Wetter, and I'll be helping you stay informed around issues like birth control, abortion, sex education, and LGBTQ issues, and much, much more. Giving you the tools you need to take action and fight back. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, Repros. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, Jenny Wetter, and my pronouns are she, her. So y'all, just to flag again, I am still recording in my old bedroom at my parents' house with my AirPods, so you're not going to hear the best audio in the intro, but luckily I recorded my interview for today before I had to fly home. The good news is, I think everything is on track now, and I should be able to be back in Washington, D.C. by the time y'all are hearing this. So that is very nice. And I am just so grateful for my community that has been there to help me through this family emergency. I, you know, I think I've talked about being a bit of an introvert on the podcast before, and that my initial reaction, and when I'm stressed and when there's hardship, is to just kind of curl into a ball and deal with it all on my own, but I'm just so grateful for the way that my community didn't let me do that. I had so many people reaching out and checking in on me and making sure I was okay, and it's just wonderful to know I have a great community to support me, so I'm just feeling very thankful today, so thank you, everybody. Also feeling very thankful today. y'all. I cannot believe it. On the 19th of this month, so December 19th, our little baby podcast is going to be five years old. Can you believe we've been doing this for five years? I cannot believe that it has been five years, and I've had so much fun talking to y'all about all the things happening around sexual, reproductive, health rights, and justice. We've talked about some really important issues and have had such amazing guests, and I'm just So grateful for each and every one of you who enjoyed the podcast. So, so thankful for the amazing guests we have had on. And so grateful for the people who pushed me to do the podcast. It was not something, again, introvert. (laughs) Putting myself out there into the world like this is not something that comes naturally or easy to me. And I'm so grateful to my old boss, Bob, who pushed me into hosting the podcast and doing something that I would definitely not have chosen to do on my own. And it's just something I absolutely adore doing. I love talking to all of you. I love talking to the guests and I love getting to talk about abortion and sexual reproductive health rights and justice. It is so much fun. And we've had, like I said, so many amazing conversations. A huge thank you to our amazing editor, Meg, who makes sure I sound amazing each episode, and our guests sound amazing each episode. I, yeah, I would sound nowhere near as wonderful if it weren't for Meg's magic. So thank you, Meg. And a huge thank you to my new boss, Kathleen, who helped me support and grow Repros beyond just the podcast into a full initiative. I am so thankful to see what we can grow the Repros by that broader brand into beyond just the podcast it's going to be so much fun to continue to grow with y'all and I cannot wait to see what the next five years brings with this change and finally the most important is a huge 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 thank you to Rachel she has been with me since day one for the podcast she is often the silent person who does so much behind the scenes to help me You've only heard her on the podcast once, and she did an amazing job doing an Ask Me Anything episode and interviewing me. But Rachel is the one who does all of our social media. She designs our graphics that you see online and helps me when I am stuck on thinking through the right way to structure an interview. She is my sounding board. She's a great friend. She is an amazing Colleague, and I'm just so grateful to her. And because I know she would get mad if I didn't include a little lug, let's also because to show our love for Rachel, if you haven't already, make sure you are following us on social media. You can find us at Repros Fight Back on Facebook and Twitter, or Repros FB on Instagram, and make sure to show Rachel all the love there because she is amazing. Yeah, so five years. Thank you. For everybody who has been there since day one, thank you for people who are just joining us today. I am just so grateful for all of you who are interested in this topic and are wanting to take action. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being such a wonderful audience. As always, if you have topics you would love us to cover, never hesitate to reach out. You can email me at jenny at reprosfightback.com and that's jenny with an IE. Or, like I said, you can follow us on social media and shoot us questions there, and we will make sure to try and do an episode to cover your questions. With that, I just just want to say my heart is full of so much hope and love and joy and thankfulness today. I can't believe we've been doing this for five years, and here's to the next five. Thank you, everybody. So let's turn to this week's interview. I am very excited to have on Oriaku and Jaku with the National Network of Abortion Funds to talk to us about abortion funds and what they are doing right now to make sure that people are able to get access to the abortions they need wherever they are. It was a wonderful conversation and it is always a great day to learn more about abortion funds and the amazing work they are doing. So let's turn to my interview with Oriaku. Hi, Oriaku, Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So before we get started, do you want to take a minute and introduce yourself and include your pronouns?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Oriaku Njaku. I use she and they pronouns, and I love for folks to mix it up and not default to she, but I'm also very okay with she pronouns. And I am the executive director of the National Network of Abortion Funds.
0: I am so happy to have you here. We talk about abortion funds a lot on the podcast and why one of the best things people can do right now is to donate to their local abortion fund. Yes. But maybe like for a second, we should take a step back for people who maybe aren't as familiar and just what is an abortion fund?
1: Yes, I love this question. An abortion fund, I like to think of abortion funding as mutual aid. And so, you know, for the folks in our communities who need access to abortion but can't get an abortion because of various, you know, barriers whether it's funding or the money to get an abortion or other logistical barriers such as rides, lodging, child care, any other logistical barriers that may pop up, that's where abortion funds come in. So, abortion funds or a lot of abortion funds are part of the organization that I'm part of the National Network of Abortion Funds and Abortion funds are essentially like this collaborative web of over 90 funds. We're almost at 100 abortion funds, not only here in the U.S., but some abroad as well. And essentially, they do what they've always done for nearly the past 30 years, which is moving money and resources and support to people who are seeking abortions in this country. So we like to say there's fund abortion, build power, which we never imagined happening without the other. So there's funding abortion, but then there's also building power That's necessary to shift culture, shift narratives around how we're talking about abortion. And, you know, the shared vision that abortion funds have is that people should definitely have the power and resources to care and affirm for their bodies in the ways that makes the most sense to them, people should be able to make decisions that are best for themselves and their families, no matter what. And abortion funds show up to ensure that you know people are able to get the abortion care that they want and need on their own terms, without any fear or shame or stigma getting into the way of getting basic health care.
0: I'm sure this is no secret to anybody who listens to the podcast, but I love abortion funds. I they're like my go to, like as all the Anti abortion nonsense continues to happen in all over the country of like rage donating. Like, my first instinct is to, like, I got to go find the local abortion fund and donate to that and like raise them up on social and be like, hey, this is where you can send your money, but also making sure to like be a sustainer yeah. and being a monthly donor at a couple.
1: No, that's beautiful. And I mean, and that's the reality of where we are right now is that you know, in order to get these wins that we want, in order to not be here 50 years from now talking about, oh, we hope abortion is legal in this country, or we hope people can get the abortions that they want and need. It really does require that long-term and sustained investment in abortion funds to make sure that folks in our communities can get their abortions, you know? And so, yes, I mean, I have been in love with abortion funds since I even joined this movement. And so I love that especially over the last few years you're starting to hear more and more about abortion funds and the power of abortion funds and what they do for our communities and you know for me it's like it only goes up from here honestly
0: and like seeing that as the first reaction on social and maybe it's like the circles I follow so like I will say like maybe it's curated (laughs) but but right like the first thing I'm seeing is like Here's the local fund to donate to yes. instead of here's this big national organization to donate yeah. to. And that's been amazing to watch that like slowly change to make sure that the funds are going to like the people who need the access. Right.
1: And the reality is that the change that is happening, the change that is going to happen is going to happen on the ground. You know, I mean, what we've seen is that there's all of this energy put into the courts and legislatures and judicial systems around, you know, trying to protect abortion access or protect the legality of abortion. And still June 24th of 2022 role was overturned, you know, thinking about like what, kind of power we can cultivate and harness on the ground to get the changes that we want is something that I feel like abortion funds are uniquely positioned to do, not only because of our presence in community, but because of the connections that we have with folks seeking abortions every single day. So it's, it's a beautiful time to see, you know, the work of abortion funds being amplified.
0: Okay. So I guess before we get to the now, let's talk about before the Dobbs decision. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something we've definitely talked about on the podcast a lot that like, even before Roe went away, access to abortion wasn't easy. And a lot of people had barriers in place. So Let's talk about how abortion funds were working pre-DABS. Yeah.
1: Knowing that there's nearly 100 abortion funds, one of the beautiful things about them is that we're all, abortion funds are all autonomous organizations. So whether they're in California or Alabama, wherever they are, every one of the abortion funds who are part of our network, run in a way that makes the most sense to their communities so you know we have abortion funds in our network whose primary focus is funding abortion so funding the direct service piece there's some of them who Are practical support organizations who fund the logistical pieces of work. There are also some abortion funds who do both. You know, before Dobbs, after Dobbs, the essential function of these funds is, you know, folks will reach out to their local abortion fund. Most times it's after they've made an appointment to get an abortion. Once they reach out to the funds, you know, some funds will be like, how much do you realistically think that you could take into your appointment? The reality is that the average price of an abortion, just the service piece and not all of the, you know, additional logistics is around $500. And so. When thinking about how the folks who are most impacted by a lot of these repressive pieces of legislation that come through are people from marginalized communities. So we're talking about Black folks, Indigenous folks, non-Black people of color, young folks, rural folks, you know? And so the funding is a key piece of that where abortion funds have stepped in. But say you're someone who's living in rural mississippi you live in a state where pre-dobbs there was only one clinic and so the reality is that, especially if you're talking, for instance, for the Southeast, over 90% of folks who live in the Southeast live in a county without an abortion provider. So the reality is that connecting with groups on the ground, specifically abortion funds, to say, where can I go? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get there? Who's going to watch my kid, you know, when I have to go travel? Where am I going to stay if I have to travel all the way up to Jackson? or to Alabama or North Carolina or wherever folks may be going to get an abortion. So I like to think of abortion funds essentially acting as that bridge between abortion access as this like concept and abortion access as a reality. And not much has changed post-dobs. You know, the work is still the same. It's still helping folks navigate how to get to their appointments. Now with the increased restrictions, it's turned into being able to get an abortion, maybe in the state that you live in, to now having to cross multiple state lines and all of the other logistics that are required to get an abortion. So, you know, I'll give an example of the fund I co-founded, which is Access Reproductive Care Southeast in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, when I left, we allocated $100,000 a month for abortion funding and logistical support. And so what had happened was that post Dobbs, you know, with the six week ban at the time that was introduced into Georgia or that went into effect. Even though the call volume had gone down a bit from the amount of people calling in, the amount that was spent on supporting someone get an abortion. They were still using that same budget because then you're talking about possibly a plane ticket for two people, meals for multiple days, gas money, hotel money. Other miscellaneous costs that may pop up, like medication. So, you know, the work is the same. It has just gotten more complex and harder to navigate this particular legal and political
0: climate. And I just think again of like how all of these things like interact. Yeah. Right. So it's more people having to travel. And then the states that are taking them in are trying to absorb all these extra people. So, like, You may have to wait longer, which may mean the price of your abortion is going to go up. It's just kind of is like this reinforcing wheel of like barriers to access. Right. And that is
1: by design. You know, that was the original intention of all of these anti-abortion politicians was to create this like destabilizing environment and disorienting environment where people don't have options. You know, it's this chipping away at our bodily autonomy, chipping away at our ability to make decisions that are best for ourselves and our families, while also witnessing firsthand this like erosion of our democracy (laughs) happening at the same time. I mean, this is a very well thought out, planned, targeted, calculated attack on our human rights. So what they're doing is working, but I also want folks to know that it's not permanent. And abortion funds are at that point where we're about to show out. You know, our member funds are ready. This, The conditions that we're in right now are completely unacceptable. And if the last 50 years haven't shown us anything, right now is the time for us to really show up. Show up and speak out in various ways because it shouldn't cost thousands of dollars to go and get... A health exam to go get a procedure that could be life saving in some instances or life giving for some people, because then now they'll be able to take care of their funds, families, or their kids, or be able to live their lives and prepare for the life that they want to live. So there's so much tied into it. But again, fangirl number one for abortion funds. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just, it shouldn't. Be this hard. And like right now, with all of these logistics that people have to navigate, I think it's just really awesome to have somebody that can help you navigate the process, right? To like try to figure all this out of like, where do I go? How do I just like having that help is, I think, even just in and of itself, like immeasurable.
1: Gosh, and it's really, you know, I'll say this work is hard work, but it's also hard work. And the amount of love that abortion funders have for not only the people that call them, but for their communities. I mean, the, the work that happens is a reflection of the love that we have for our communities. And it does bring a lot of joy knowing that because of that love, that radical love, and being able to witness someone get the care that they want and need, I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to actually witness and it, it it is coming from a place of love.
0: Yeah, I really love that you brought it back to human rights. Like, I think that's a conversation that I sit in the global space as well. So it's, I feel like a little bit more common that we're talking about repro and sexual rights as human rights in that space. Yeah, and it's nice to kind of see it trickling back a little bit and like have that conversation of like, this is a human, we are in a human rights crisis right now. And like, that's, really important that we are talking about it as such as well.
1: Right. I mean, that was literally the original intention of the 12 Black women who started reproductive justice. I mean, in the definition of reproductive justice, it is talking about our human right to bodily autonomy. You know, it comes from a human rights framework. And so, you know, it's it's something where I'm not sure where it got lost along the way, but Thinking of doing this work specifically with a reproductive justice lens is something where it moves away from this idea of like a choice binary that we hear a lot about in the right or not the right. But like when you're talking about reproductive rights, so it's either to choose to be a parent or not to be a parent or, you know, those are like the essential questions or choices that need to be made and you know when you're thinking about it from a human rights perspective it's like what are all the things that come into play that allow you to exercise your human right to bodily autonomy whether that is race or gender or the environment or the economy at any given point these are all things that are have human rights implications that are related to abortion and abortion access but in general it's just in our ability to thrive you know and live our best lives so yeah we cannot forget that this is a human rights issue
0: and it's funny because you're right like it's already like assumed in the reproductive justice right right that's just like assumed to be there and i think sometimes because it's not Said as a like human rights part. Like sometimes people like don't know this is all part of the same thing.
1: Right, right. And that's part of the work. In this particular movement moment, that is something where, you know, that political education of like, well, why are we doing the work the way we do it right now? And really understanding that distinction between reproductive health and rights and justice and what it actually means to really have that human rights and social justice perspective when talking about bodies when talking about what it means to create a family what it means to build a biological or chosen or found family what any of that means and so yeah I just I can't stress enough how it's like we cannot forget this is a human rights issue and we all deserve to live our best lives like this is wild out here you know
0: (laughs) literally
1: makes sense so and
0: it's exhausting but also i'm still energized i mean me i'm just having a good day but like (laughs) i'm feeling a little more energized today and it like comes a little bit in cycles of like the exhaustion like hits you and so we've talked about it as like it's kind of a bit of a relay race like if i'm down one day then somebody else is picking up and running yes
1: Yes, i love a good sports analogy Because it's like, this is a team effort. This is like, okay, this is tapping into my OG like track days, which I didn't actually do track. I did shot, put, and discus, but I had mad aspiration, you know, in, you know, admiration for the people who actually ran. (laughs) But it was, you know, when you're thinking about like, A four by four and even the long distance one you know this is not necessarily something that's a sprint that you're like okay go 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 fast pace pass it along this is like how do you dictate your pace how do you when it's time when your leg is done you pass the baton but that doesn't mean that you're never going to race again you know you could be part of another team you could be part of a another group that's on your team that continues to do the work but This is, I love to think of it even as a marathon and what all is required to participate in a marathon. Like, what is the endurance training? How are you getting your coaching or leadership development? How do you practice? What do you do when you get tired? I mean, it's really coming into this work in this moment in a more embodied sort of way. And abortion funds have been doing that work you know we've been doing a lot of work around racial justice we've been doing a lot of work around decriminalization and the connection to abortion access you know tons of leadership development opportunities for the folks doing the work too as far as how do you show up consistently and authentically in a sustainable way and so the work is yes making sure that people get their abortions And part of that building power, too, is how to do this in a sustainable way. So, yeah, the work of the National Network of Abortion Funds is really to support our member funds in in being able to do that, being able to show up for communities in the ways that they always have, supporting those leaders on the ground with their infrastructure and professional development so they can continue to do this work. You know, supporting folks with fundraising. There's just a wide range, but it really is all of those things that are going to be required. So I'm not 80 years old talking about, Dang. <laughs> I wish folks could still get abortions. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, please, wild. I don't want to be. <laughs>
1: oh, no, we can't let it happen. So that's,
0: <laughs> yeah. All of this makes me think like this is one huge track and field event, right? Like there, you may, you pick the parts that you want to compete in, right? So maybe you love going and protesting, and yeah. maybe you don't. So maybe that's not the activity you take part in. Maybe it's doing on the ground signatures or door knocking, or maybe it's donating to abortion funds or escorting, or you find, you find your niche within this field.
1: And there's so many, I mean, there are multiple points of entry, even as a person of faith. And that is something where, you know, people don't necessarily talk about a lot, but then like, having this interfaith approach to doing reproductive health rights and justice work and reclaiming that moral high ground. Like, I don't know who told other folks that they are indeed this immoral majority, but that's a farce. So really knowing that like, we've got the people on our side and whether it is you're in graphic design, you're a person of faith, you're a badass activist, like everyone has a place. And that is also like a reflection of our network. We've got so many brilliant people and leaders that are part of this network. I mean, a range of skills from people who are lawyers to artists, I mean, primary caregivers for their families. It's us, you know, it's the people who live in this world doing this work, knowing that we all deserve better. And it's like, who thought through abortion access you can even get to that place where you're thinking about our collective liberation that's really what it is
0: and doing so with joy right like there may be rage but like still trying to find the joy and like making this happen to make sure that everybody can access the care they need in the way that works for them yes
1: yes it is called grounded optimism one of my
0: (laughs) (laughs) My coaches said that to me she's like you're a grounded optimist
1: and i was like huh which essentially it's like it's honoring the realness of the situation that we're in right like you can't deny the fact that this is a hot ass mess that we're in it is a literal dumpster fire we know this people shouldn't be having to navigate this sort of climate to get basic health care and at the same time knowing that the future that we're fighting for it like it feels like it's so tangible and real this is something I want all of us to experience in our lifetimes and for our future generations to be like our folks did that work and we're able to be here and we'll do what we need to do to protect that as well so there has to be if I don't think we're gonna win like then what are we doing so yeah I play to win I'm not the best loser so (laughs) I definitely play to win
0: (laughs) well I I think that really gets us to like one of the things I wanted to talk about was like so what What do we need to do to ensure that everybody is able to get access? Mm. I mean, I I feel like there's a million things, but maybe we'll just like pick a couple.
1: Ooh, okay. See, brevity is a learning edge for me. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, if it's longer than a couple, it's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I just feel like there's so many ways, whether that, yes, we shouldn't let go of any sort of like legal strategy that is something that is going to be 100% necessary and at the same time acknowledging the fact that the legality of Roe never guaranteed access or availability of abortion and so knowing that we can't solely rely on the courts to do that work so there is that piece like the legal piece is great also needs to happen you know but i just want people to be cautious that if we're talking about codifying Roe. something like not Roe it, it still is not going to be enough Roe is never enough and so there's that piece. There's also on the the culture side, that is something where when you're having folks like Lizzo talk about abortion and donate proceeds or like Paramore have concerts talking about we're going to donate to abortion funds. Like five, 10 years ago, this was not a thing. And so there's so much like cultural capital that's being like harnessed right now that really thinking about what our folks value adds, you know, like people do work for companies who are now taking a stand and saying, we're going to support the folks who can get pregnant in our organization, get abortions. And at the same time, it's like, what is your responsibility to community as someone who's in community? Does that mean you're fundraising or your door knocking or you're going up to the Capitol? If you can take time to do that, does it mean volunteering with your local abortion fund? And watching someone's kids so someone can get an abortion you know there's a lot of power in just like humanizing the experience of getting an abortion and talking about it which is why i think things like this podcast is like so important because you're starting to hear various stories and various people talk about abortion unapologetically it's not this hush hush sort of thing you know I would also say whenever we're listening to various things, like whether it is conversations at the holiday table where that's coming up, wherever those things are, be a myth buster. If there are things that you hear that are so out of left field that they literally, not only do they not make sense, but they're outright lies, like say it. I mean, there's a certain level of risk that we also need to take. thinking about like how we want to show up in this moment what kind of risks are we willing to take the reality is that me as a queer black woman driving around in the south and talking about abortion and abortion access is going to look different than my white neighbor doing the same but the reality is that we're going to need all of us to get those wins and so thinking about, like, how do we work together? What role does, like, your power and privilege and positioning play into what you're actually able to do? How you're able to encourage your friends and family and co-workers to really join, join the work that is being done? Because it is a move towards our collective liberation, you know? It is doing that work, taking it out of silos and making the connections between how abortion access intersects with Issues that we all care about. So it's not like a quick and easy list, but a lot of it is about like the visibility and the talking and the destigmatizing of abortion that needs to happen, in addition to making sure people can actually get the care that they want, whether that is through funding or rides or whatever that may be. So I feel like that's a whole nother session to go into like all the things that people can do. But I really do to sum it up love asking folks like turning that question around, especially when you're like, okay, outside of donating, you know, like how far are you willing to go for our collective liberation? So that that's something that I will ask everyone. And from there, then we can figure out like, what makes the most sense for you, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I really love that. Cause it's like really Personal, what each person is willing or able to do. And like, again, kind of crafting the path that fits best for you to maybe even step out of your comfort zone a little bit. I mean, listen, my boss definitely pushed me into hosting a podcast. It was never something I saw myself doing. Not that I don't love talking about abortion, but like the thought of like doing like a public platform and putting myself out there was pretty horrifying. But you know what? It is my favorite part of my job right now. Like, I love getting to have these conversations and putting them out there. I love that. And that, again,
1: too, is like that conversation. And it's a personal conversation around like safety and discomfort. Like, is this a safety issue or... Is it that I'm uncomfortable and it could be both, you know, but again, that just in the same way that there's not like a monolithic abortion experience, there's not one way that folks can show up in this moment. So it is, it's a personal individualized thing, but it's for all of us, you know?
0: Well, I always wrap with like what can our audience do? But I feel like that was literally what we just talked about. (laughs) So there
1: are many things. Local abortion fund like a hundred percent
0: donate. And they also have really cute merch. So definitely go and check out like the local ones, but also the national network has amazing shirts and there's a new glass I saw there that I'm like, I need to go buy.
1: Yeah, I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. abortion fund swag literally is the best. My bucket list is to get a T-shirt from every single abortion fund that is out there. Yes. It's a goal. It's going to be my jam, but so much swag. And like spending 10 20 $30 on a T-shirt goes right back to your abortion fund. And it's, cute. Well, and it goes
0: about like destigmatizing, right? Now you're wearing an abortion t shirt in the wild. Right. If you're comfortable and like just like putting it out there. Like it's perfectly normal because it is. Yes,
1: it is. It is. I love that. And I also love your shirt again as well. We gave uh, you some good abortion so... <laughs> <practice.
0: laughs> Well, Oriaku, I had a great time talking to you today. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And yes, fund abortion, build power forever in a day.
0: (laughs) Okay, y'all. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Oriaku. I had a great time talking to her. And y'all, I just love abortion funds. So if you're able, always make sure to support your local abortion fund to make sure that nobody is prevented from getting an abortion they need because they can't afford it. So yes, abortion funds are amazing. I make sure to donate to several. So if you're able, it's a great thing to get involved with your local fund. And with that, if you have questions or comments, you can always email me at jenny at And that's Jenny with an IE. Or you can reach out to us on social media, and that's at ReprosFightBack on Facebook and Twitter, or Repros FB on Instagram. Otherwise, I will see y'all after the holidays. I hope you have a wonderful holiday, and I will see you for our end-of-the-year episode in two weeks. Bye! For more information, including show notes from this episode and previous episodes, please visit us at our website at ReprosFightBack.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Repros Fight That and on Instagram at Repros FB. If you like our show, please help others find it by sharing it with your friends and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.